0: Live from Caroline Chisholm Catholic College in Braybrook, across our neighbourhood and across the world, you're listening to CEM Radio Ed Week on Live FM. Welcome back everyone, this is the Caroline Chisholm College Show on Live FM, it is CEM Radio Ed Week. my name's Ralph Barber and with me today are my co-hosts Amon, Lachlan, Stephanie and the four impressive young people who were captains who will be captains of the school in 2021 but joining me on this uh, radio spectacular today our guest today uh, our first guest today is Ivanka Spateri the deputy principal of community engagement at uh, Braybrook at the Caroline Chisholm College in Braybrook thanks for joining us there Ivanka
1: you're welcome
0: fantastic uh, well we've got all these great questions to ask you tell us a little bit about your job as the deputy principal community engagement
1: So it's a new role this year at our college and what we realised was that um, our community is at the heart of everything that we do, our students in particular, and that we need a village to raise a child. So my role is to ensure that we're engaged effectively with external um, sources and external resources, but that also within the community ourselves, within our college community, we're connected to one another. So that's it in a nutshell, but of course there's a whole lot of programs and areas that I oversee to take care of that.
2: As you said, since you do cover the topic of community, do you believe that having people play sports or doing some in-class activities together can further enhance the college community?
1: Oh, absolutely. What happens is we know that what we do in the classroom is really important, but what we do outside of the classroom to support that is even more so important. So we develop a whole lot of programs and activities to make sure that every kid can engage in their learning and not only their academic learning, but also their personal growth and learning. So, you know, we've got things like chess club and we have sports right across the board, everything from soccer to table tennis. Um, we also have extra programs, mentoring programs, sustainability programs. We've got clubs. We have so many different activities for our kids to um, connect with so that they feel that we are, can provide them with the things that will help them learn and become the best that they're called to be, as one of our mottos says very clearly. So, yes, I would say that our extra and co-curricular, including production, um, are vitally important to the growth and development of our students.
3: Yes, so, Miss, you mentioned that you overlook community and obviously this year has been a bit different. We've been mm. sort of isolated. So, during this pandemic, how did you work your way around any potential problems of not being face to face and staying connected.
1: Okay, so for us, we focused on a number of areas. One of them was um, our families, because we knew that our families would be supporting our students at home during lockdown. So we had we made sure that we spoke to every single family twice in the pandemic. Um, once was with our learning support officers and our school support officers, and the second time was with um, a range of teachers. And we just made connection with them to make sure that they had everything that they needed. So things like financially, were they how are they coping? Did they have food in the house? Did they need internet? Those sort of basics. And then we offered counselling services as well and any other supports in that space. One thing we did create was the Parent Hub, which was an online resource for all of our parents, which gave them information around um, the COVID, inf- uh, you know, coronavirus and how to um, tackle that, but also gave them supports to help their kids with their learning. Um, and gave them connections to the government resources that were available and agencies that were there. So that's one thing we did. We also worked on the mental health of our students and our staff and our families, and we did a lot of work in that space. Um, There were one-on-one counselling, as well as um, activities and resources that went out through the Learner Mentor Program, and we did share that stuff on the Parent Hub with our families as well. So there are two sort of initiatives that we did during that time to make sure that our community remained connected.
2: And on the topic of well being, of course, the COVID pandemic and sitting at home being locked away from everyone other than your family, how do you guys tackle to, or how are you guys going to, or how will you, sorry, how will you tackle the issue of maybe people not feeling, uh, their best in terms of their well-being after such a period?
1: That's a great question, and it's something that we've been working on from the very beginning of our lockdown. We knew that this would be something that we would have to tackle. The other thing we also know is that young people today more and more are suffering from mental health issues, particularly in our area, around um, trauma-based uh mental health issues because a lot of our kids come from refugee or traumatic backgrounds for a range of of reasons, but also anxieties on the rise in young people, as is depression. So we're very conscious of those areas and we've created a number of programs um, and resources to support parents, staff and students. So we're going to be launching the One Mind Mental Health Hub, which is an online website um, and it's going to have a number of resources and webinars webinars and training for staff students and parents another area that we've worked on uh, very closely for all staff is the berry street program and the berry street educational model is about is a trauma informed response to education so all of our staff 180 teachers and school support officers and everybody are being doing a four day course so when you guys get the day off we'll be doing some um, professional learning in that time and it's about Um, how we respond to kids who have gone through a traumatic experience and COVID every single one of our students has gone through this COVID time and we're training our staff up so that we are ready to respond to you in an appropriate way and to create um, resources and strategies and supports so that's two ways that we're addressing it as a college community and I'm really excited about the outcome because I'm a Berry Street alumni myself so I'm very I know that the outcome will be Um, positive and helpful and exactly what we need at this time. Yeah. Lachlan, I think you had your hand up before too.
3: As you said, there's plenty of initiatives and strategies for bringing the community closer together and really helping um, the community to be themselves. What What do you think for you is the best method of coming up with these initiatives to help Um, bring the community closer together?
1: So I'm a huge um, supporter of collaborative approach to things. So one of the things that we're working, continuing to work on is student agency which is like student voice, but a little bit more powerful. You're empowered to have more control over your learning journey, but also your your growth. And so um, we're working with our students to empower them more so that we listen to what they tell us are their needs and we will respond to those. Um, I also believe that when you work in a team of people, interested stakeholders, that you get the best outcome. I work with the high-risk kids, kids who are engaged with behaviours that they probably shouldn't be so you know if they're working if we have to work with the police or if we have to work with um, mental health agencies or with social workers or other groups outside what we have are care teams here at the school which are led by our house coordinators and I'm involved in that as well and It's a group of teachers and parents and outside agencies who come together and devise a plan to help support a young person when they are at their most vulnerable. So collaboration, listening and relationship are the three most important things when it comes to making sure that we walk beside this young person as we journey through the teen years, which are really difficult at the best of times. And we get them to the other end where you guys are at at the moment where you are now making these adult decisions about where you're going to be over the next few years and that you're equipped, you're ready to deal with whatever life throws at you. And I think as Ralph said really eloquently earlier on, um, you know, We can't say that you guys aren't resilient. We can't say that you guys don't have the capacity to deal with the challenges that life has to present you because you're living testament to coming through a once in a lifetime experience, this pandemic, and you've come out. Look at you. You're just amazing human beings. You're positive. You're optimistic. You're really looking forward to forging your lives and making a difference in the world. So You know, I think that that's really powerful and important too. Working closely along mental health and within the community, you obviously um, meet with a lot of variety of people with different backgrounds. Is there anything that's challenging about that role or something you wish more people knew about and would like to spread some awareness about? Yeah, I think we're on the road to normalising mental health issues and um, not be having a stigma around them. But I still think some of our young people still are um, embarrassed to talk about their mental health issues or to seek help. And I think a lot of our families still are, you know, they're private about these sorts of things and are reluctant to seek help through the school or through the services that are available outside. So I think the more we can take away those barriers, um, the more we can destigmatize mental health, and the more we educate our young people and our families about mental health issues, the more we normalise that. You know, we know that one in four young people will suffer from a mental health issue and and in our lifetime, most people, you know, will come, if they, they don't experience it themselves, they will have somebody very close to them who experiences a mental health issue. And it's just as normal as having any other health issue, any physical health issue. So the more we talk about it, the more we learn about it, the more we normalise it, the the better the outcome for you as young people and for society as a whole. So I think that's the most challenging thing is to destigmatize and to empower our families and our young people with the capacity to just talk about it openly and and to work through those strategies.
2: Um, Do you believe that pressures put onto the youth here or anywhere in the world, um, pressures that they've got on them um, stops them from talking about any issues or problems they may be facing as they may be seen as weak or vulnerable or not? manly enough if we're talking about a boy or not strong enough if we're talking about a female.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, your generation is probably, um, has the added pressure of social media, um, but also of being constantly connected online and everything you do being recorded. So that adds to that pressure. Those normal stereotypical pressures still occur in life. You know, um, as a proud feminist, I know that the F word is a bit hard for some people to handle, but I think as a proud feminist I know that um, we've still got a long way to go for girls and as the ex-director of the boys campus here I know that our young men have enormous challenges ahead of them you know what does it mean to be a man why do I have to be a particular kind of man in this community so those sort of gender roles are still being tackled um, but they're the The difficulty is while you're navigating that space, you know that, you know, you're connected the whole time. You're being filmed, you're being recorded, you're being, the things that you say as a young person are being kept in perpetuity. You know, Ralph and I made all the stupid mistakes that young people make and we said all the stupid things young people say, but nobody recorded it. Nobody knows that about us. Whereas you guys have to tackle that challenge as well. The other challenge you have is probably the mess that, my generation has left this world in climate wise Um, and I think that that is a huge issue that we we in Australia still need to tackle Um, and culturally I know that we haven't had to scratch too deep to find racism rear its ugly head and that's another challenge that um, we're still fighting but, and here's the terrific but, I have 100% faith and optimism in your generation and in my generation too, to want to turn that around and to actually do things that are going to impact positively and make sure that the next generation doesn't have to suffer as much as, as I did. And you're going to make sure that the next generation doesn't have to suffer as much as you did. So, as much as that's all challenging, there's a lot of hope and optimism still to to hang our hats on.
0: You're on Live FM. You're listening to Catholic Education Melbourne Radio Ed Week. It's uh, with the fantastic students and also uh, Deputy uh, Principal of Community Engagement, Ivanka uh, Spiteri from uh, Caroline Chisholm College in Braybrook. Now, Ivanka, what you just said there, gave me chills it was fantastic uh, your synopsis of uh, where this generation um is at and where uh they have to deal with different circumstances uh, you're much younger than me Ivanka but uh the the you know as we were growing up teaching was teacher-centered uh and you know it was almost lip service people talking about student centered learning in the nineties or in the late eighties when I was teaching. Uh, but these days it's, uh, you, you talked about, uh, student agency, uh, the fact that you really want to empower kids into determining where their learnings at, uh, is that in response to the world they're living in at the moment? Uh, because you know, people will say a lot of decision makers and educational say, um, look, we, you know, we came through the industrial age of, of teaching and we're fine. You know, why do the kids have to start making decisions for themselves? Why do we have to empower them? You know, why, why is it so important for them to have a voice? Uh, have you seen that evolution over
1: time? Mm, I've been teaching for 32 years as well. So for me, I the world is constantly evolving and growing and changing and the world that these young people are going to have uh, an impact on is very different to the world that we're currently living in Um, and so it's very important for us to empower our young people with the skills and the capacity to deal with this constantly dynamic and ever-changing world that they're moving into we know that Our young people need to be able to be creative. They need to be good problem solvers. They have to be collaborative. They have to be able to um, be flexible and dynamic and be able to roll with the punches a lot more so than our generation did. In my generation, um, you know, you got a job and the expectation was you'd have that job for most of your life. Whereas our young people know that the reality is that because the world is constantly changing and evolving, their jobs may not exist in 10 years' time and they'll have to be ready for the next evolution, whatever that job is. So that inbuilt um, dynamism and flexibility is really powerful. So, We have to train our kids up so that they're able to do that effectively. Otherwise, they'll be left behind. And I don't want any of my kids that are under my care at the moment to not have every door open to them and to not have every um, skill set needed in order to be not only um, involved and engaged in their world, but to actually make a difference. As a Catholic college, we want to have a positive change we want to be a positive change in the world we want to respond in a hope-filled way to the challenges that are before us and we want to make a marked difference and one that doesn't isn't about us as individuals it's about us as a community and at Caroline Chisholm Catholic College we understand the importance of community and the power of community hence my role and hence the work that these four young people will be leading next year.
0: Just in finishing uh, the interview, we might get a, a statement or a question from each uh, one of our co-host, uh, co-hosts of this uh, uh, this uh, segment. Uh, Stephanie, I'd we'll start with you. Any comment or any um, question you might want to ask Ivanka in closing?
1: Well, you mentioned the Mental Hub previously and how that's a helpful resource for people of our age. Are there any other plans or any other resources we can look to online? Yeah, absolutely. We've got good relationships with Origin and Headspace and we will continue to collaborate with them and make sure that that is available to our students. Um, And you'll see V was going to be leading a lot of this work next year and we'll be uh, making sure that our kids have easy, constant access to the resources and supports that they need. So, yes.
0: We'll go to V next and then we'll finish off with Lachlan and Amon
3: yeah so what are your plans for next year miss now that we're sort of headed back at school and offered all these opportunities and that it's a bit easier face-to-face. What
1: do you do? Well, the, the most exciting project is one that we started at the beginning of the year, which is our mentoring project. And it's our senior students mentoring our disengaged younger students to make sure that they stay connected to school. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that program come to life. And all the other initiatives that we've started this year and that have been started prior to, to me as well, making sure that we continue to build that community. That you four spoke so beautifully about. So that's what my plans are for next year.
3: In the time that you've been at, at Carolyn Chisholm as a member of staff and now as a, a deputy principal, what do you think has been the most positive change within the community?
1: The most positive, sorry, Lachlan, I missed that bit. The most
3: positive change that you've witnessed. and noticed throughout the school community?
1: I think in the three years that I've been here, what I've seen has been that as a school community, our our boys have really um, embraced this, I think, a more collective collaborative we're in this together but in a positive way I think that they've grown and changed in to be more sensitive and more attuned to the world that they are and I'm seeing that our girls are actually becoming more empowered and more powerful with their voice and their agency as well so both our males and our females are showing stronger student agency and I think that's been the most exciting thing for me to see and that's something that we're, we're building on and we continue to support through the programs that we're implementing yeah
2: no worries and uh this is just a question from me you yeah. just, you brought up you brought up social media briefly and I just wanted to ask with social media being such a great tool but at times quite damaging do you feel as though youth it can lead the youth the wrong way instead of leading them the right way
1: Look, I think it certainly is known to have, I mean, the research is really clear, it does have a negative impact on the self-esteem and, and self-efficacy of young people. So it's up to us as, um, you know, the adults in your lives to teach you how to use that tool because it's such a powerful tool and it can be such a positive tool to use as well but how to use that in a positive way and how to filter through the stuff that isn't powerful that isn't helpful that is quite destructive so we will continue to work with the experts in this field um, but also listen to you guys hear what the issues are and find ways to help you navigate those issues so that you can use that for your benefit rather than have it attack who you are as a human being
0: yeah well it's been wonderful talking to you Ivanka what a wealth of knowledge and i tell you what the school is in such a good shape when someone like yourself is a deputy principal of community engagement when I was a teacher
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's lovely thank you
0: yeah community (laughs) engagement was uh literally just writing letters to parents and hoping that they'll (laughs) turn up to things right that was community engagement these days it's a just a totally different uh uh, prospect uh, sorry uh, proposition
1: yeah we're a unique community and i think it was really important to have this role created to just show um the rest of the educational community that we can have 83 different nationalities living under one roof harmoniously and in fact that young people are, are powerful and capable and able to make a difference and so we hope that that's what this role will help develop
0: Absolutely, and I can see it. Uh, having been to your school now for the last three years, doing this sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, this sort of work with radio, uh, some of the quality that's coming out of it. There's really testimony to yourself and uh, all the teachers at the school and all the you know community in general. I think it's very collaborative what's happening. And uh, and uh, thank you very much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Ralph, and thank you, guys. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. Bye,
0: bye. That's uh, Ivanka. Uh, Spiteri, the Deputy Principal of Community Engagement at Caroline Chisholm College in Braybrook. Of course, this is the Caroline Chisholm College Show on Live FM. It is CEM Radio Ed Week. I'm Ralph Barber. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking to the uh, guy who promotes the hell out of the school. He does a wonderful job also, Richard Listrow, here on the Caroline Chisholm College Show. Um.